When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped, streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. I'm flying home by Perisic! It's Eric Dyer, bang! Here's Lucas Moura, oh, done it! And an equaliser from Ben Davis! What a strike by Bissouma! Oh, he goes flying in again and wins it! Hello and welcome to The Last Word on Spurs. We hope you're keeping very, very safe and well. Thank you so much for joining us as we provide to you the big match preview for Southampton to come in the Premier League. If you're listening to the show for the first time, you can find us on iTunes or on Spotify. We're across all major audio platforms. We're, of course, on Twitter at Last Word on Spurs. We're on Facebook and Instagram too. And for our watching audience, you can see Anthony Costa mimicking me as we do this right now on the voiceover on this show so, joining us on this last word on Spurs, let's unleash the wonderful guest bringing you this preview. Joined on my top right, we're joined by Blue's very own singer, songwriter, the wonderful Anthony Costa, back on last one on Spurs. And how, how are you, bro? Are you? How are you, Rickstar? How are you, boys? Yeah, how are you, Matty, Rick? It's good to be back. Um, looking forward to it. Last time I was with you was the three and a half hour January transfer window, wasn't it? And I'm sure Matty was with us that night as well. So, um, not a lot happened there, apart from obviously signing Porro. But yeah, it's good to be back and... Uh, can't wait to talk all things Spurs. Absolutely, mate. Absolutely. Joining and tonight, make up our panel. He was very, very frustrated, angry on his last appearance, the last one in Spurs. Even being told to calm down by some of the uh, viewers at the time, which you would never, ever think you would ever see. We've got the brilliant British actor, superb regular contributor to the last one in Spurs. Ricky Noor was back. Ricks, how are you, my man? Hey, you okay? Hey, how you doing? I'm a lot. I'm a lot calmer. I'm I'm I've I've collected my thoughts. I'm gonna breathe during my answers. All right, so I'm I'm ready to have it. It does help not coming after a game, you know, straight onto the show, straight after a game. So we're gonna have a good one tonight. We're we're gonna debate. We're gonna dissect, and we're gonna get it sorted by the end of the show. Let's have it. 
Amazing. Joining Ricks and, and making up our panel tonight, back on last one on Spurs, after refreshing himself from the January transfer window, we've got the wonderful Matty Hayes. Matt, how are you, bud? I'm absolutely fantastic, Ricky. Thanks. A pleasure to be on such a, a star-studded panel. I feel a, a little bit out of place. But, R- Ricky, the best way to do your answers is not breathe at all. That's the way I've been doing it for three years. And it's, 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 it's done me fine. So keep going with that and you're, you're in the right direction. But looking forward to a, to a brilliant show with you guys. Thank you so much, mate. Well, listen, we'll most certainly try to... Many said, have we found the rejuvenated love for Antonio Conte just yet? Well, listen, we will get into that for absolute sure. Because, like I say, he always is a talking point on last one on Spurs. But probably only one place to start, really is just the reaction from Forrest, our thoughts on that. I mean, look, and we'll kick off this part with you. I mean, many will probably argue that Forrest couldn't have really been a better opponent for Spurs to face. We know they only had just a single win to their name when it comes to away games upon visiting the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. And they've only scored three goals across the Premier League season away from home. So if anything, was that the perfect game for Spurs to face when really, quite honestly, we wasn't too sure what kind of a Tottenham side would have turned up the weekend? Yeah, I think it was a um, a good team to face, considering the, the last 10 days prior to, to Saturday. Um, I think, I've, I've said to you, we speak all the time, Rick. Um, for me, the, the season was done after Sheffield United. Um, this is just getting on with the season now and see where we end up and what happens. And what happens with Conte, I'm sure we're going to get into. Um, yeah, it was a good performance. Uh, first half, it was really good. Richarlison was, was I thought, it was his best game for Spurs. Um uh, Skip as well. Shout out to Skip. I thought he did really well as well. And yeah, it was it was a it was a good game to to come back to. Um, it's just I personally couldn't really enjoy it as a mu- as much as I wanted to because I knew the next day them lot down the road were playing and it just just it didn't ruin my weekend. But I was a little bit deflated because obviously we all hate them. So uh, it was it wasn't as good as I thought it'd be. Um, but yeah. I thought we did all right. Second half, we sort of dropped off a little bit. But it's funny because if Sonny never scored that goal and they scored that penalty, that's a two-all game. And you think to yourself, where would we be? We'd probably be sitting here today even more depressed than what we have been the last sort of 10, 10 12 days. So, listen, it's a, a win's a win. We're fourth. You don't get a trophy before becoming fourth, but I'm sure we'll talk about that later on. We were, we almost certainly do. I mean, I know what you're saying there. All of us as Spurs fans, I think, as the weeks pass by, we're dreading what could possibly be coming from the other side of North London for sure. I mean, Ricks will come around to you for now. Ricks, Spurs do sit six points clear in fourth place. Look, it's a place where arguably we want to be, but as we know, the cups have really overshadowed the season in just the manner in which we've exited them. We're just now obviously a point behind Manchester United, who do, of course, have two games in hand. I mean, look, this is the big thing about games in hand, you would say, that ultimately many would just want the points over the games in hand because we've seen the nature of the Premier League that nothing can be, you know, for sure. We see Liverpool smash United 7-0. Uh, we see, of course, also that Liverpool then get beat by Bournemouth 1-0. So, you know, we then also see, for example, Brighton being held by Leeds. So I think at the moment, many would have probably argued want the points over the games in hand. So it could be the position we find ourselves in, Rick, despite the crisis that Spurs find themselves in with regards to the manager. How do you feel about everything now? You've had a chance to digest, to maybe uh, refresh what's been a difficult few weeks since you last came on last one on Spurs? Ah, mate, um, yeah, I mean, look, like what Cross was saying there, you know, the, the, the previous 10 days when we've gone out of the cup, you know, we've rested players so that we can play a league game against Wolves, lost that. And then we've got a Champions League tie against AC Milan, 
you know, at home with, with the home crowd, you know, up for it and ready to go. And all we saw was like damp squibs. We, we just saw a, a, a really kind of lackluster performance. And then to see that against Nottingham Forest, uh, what was good about it is that I, feel, I felt that the boys came out, you know, wanting to prove something and wanted to show a bit of pride for the shirt and, and wanted to show that they do care a little bit. And that's what we saw from minute one. I mean, you did see it taper off towards 60, 70 minutes a little bit. It, they started feeling the tiredness, but I, I did like the reaction. But even though we won, what really kind of done me, I was just like, well, where was that? Where was that against Milan? Where was that against Sheffield United? Where was that against Wolves? Where, where, where was that reaction, you know, when we needed it, you know, in a knockout game, in, in, in you know, in something that really matters? Where, where was that reaction? We knew against AC Milan that we was one nil down and what we had to do. And, you know, like to have one shot, on goal in 90 minutes and the second one in the added on time at the end of 90 minutes is a, is, is it's just not right. Do you know what I mean? So it's a bit of a bit of, a bit, a bit of pill to swallow. Uh, and we're, we're a bit of a Jekyll and Hyde side right now. I mean, we, we can beat not in the forest and, and look good for 60, 70 minutes and, and kind of get those three points. But then we're going up against Southampton, relegation zone, they're battling as well. And I'm sure Costa's going to give us a few, um, a few uh, tips on who's going to score against us a bit later. Um, <laughs> he knows but, me too uh, well. <laughs> but but this is it. I mean, we, we could go up against Southampton now and flop again. So it's all about like one game, game at a time. And, you know, I, I, I kind of see that the top four is the last thing to kind of go for. So, all right, cool. You know, before I said to you, Rick, I didn't really care. I was over it because of the performances that we put in once we was in the Champions League. But okay, there's something to aim for, there's something to achieve. So let's, obviously, I love my club, so, and I love our club. So it's like, let's back them and, and see what happens, of course. But yeah, it's turbulent, bro. It's turbulent. You can't really, t you can't really enjoy the wins because the, the defeats are so bitter. Do you know what I mean? So right now, it's a bit of a com si, com sorry type of feeling inside. Yeah. You know, so um, fingers crossed. They can build on it, but I've said that about 18 times this season, yeah. so we'll see. You're right, Rick. We've been, we've been saying it far, far too often. We have been. Just want to give a massive shout-out to Christina Zanders, bless her. Christina was due to join us, but unfortunately due to illness, um, she's not with us tonight. Christina, sending you all the love here, wishing you a very, very speedy recovery. And, um, yeah, I think I have been taking a bit of advice from uh, Jackie Grillish's air, air stylist, whoever it has been. Uh, I'll let you decide, all of you, whether Barnett's a good or a bad one. Matty, I'll come round to you next. Look, I mean, it's incredible when you think, Matt, that Spurs are actually three points better off than they were after the same amount of games last season, given the nature of how we've exited these Cups in the last few weeks. And what I think was even more staggering, Matt, is that we actually sit top of the form table in the past seven Premier League games. I mean, I find that absolutely remarkable, given... <laughs> We've been calling this a crisis and just it feels like the whole club is falling apart at the moment, Matt. Is that just representative yeah. of just how important the Cups are to us? Or yeah. how do you feel about the whole situation at the moment, Matt? You know, I almost don't believe you when you say that about the forum table because it is it is absolutely crazy to think about. Um, I, I think like the, the Cups are obviously very important to, to, to every club in England. I think we, we've noticed this a lot with the kind of influx in, of, of, foreign, of foreign managers in the league in the last couple last couple of decades. It's a fantastic thing. I think the football is a lot more diverse and a lot more mixed. And, you know, you get different styles creeping in, but for foreign managers, oftentimes the, the domestic Cups aren't as important. And that's perfectly fine. But when we're getting knocked out of Cups season upon season and going 15, 16 years without a trophy, 
that that becomes a little bit of a problem. And I think it's it's shown that the the people at the top of the club to some extent feel that as well with with the appointments that they've made. Um, I, I, I haven't backed that up in, in the transfer market a lot of the time, but when you bring in someone like Antonio Conte, you're sacrificing a lot to be able to go on and win those trophies. You're sacrificing the style of play. I think you're sacrificing to some extent the future of of the squad when he, he doesn't trust young players as much. Look at Jed Spence uh, as a brilliant, brilliant example. And you're sacrificing all that because you feel he can be the man to end that trophy drought and to get you to get that extra bit of silverware in the trophy cabinet. But then when you exit those cup competitions in the way that we have, it just deflates you, it defeats you, and it makes you really question, is is this worth the sacrifices that we're making? I mean, you look at the, the defeat to Nottingham Forest in the League Cup, the defeat to Sheffield United in the FA Cup, and Milan in the Champions League. That's t- two-legged in the Milan game. It's four games, 360 minutes of football, and not a single goal. You know, there's, there's a way to lose. And the way that Tottenham have lost in those games certainly is not it. You know, we, we don't want to lose, but we want to know that you're going down fighting. You want to be bringing on your best players in the last couple of minutes to go and get you a couple of goals, not Sanchez for Kulisevsky. I know, obviously, we're a man down at the back, but I, I just think there's a way to do it, and Tottenham aren't, Tottenham aren't doing it the, the right way at the moment. And when you go down fighting, every now and then, you'll get a Lucas Moura winner in Amsterdam. You'll get a Sergio Aguero moment uh, against QPR. You know, going down fighting when you're losing sometimes does turn into winning, but Tottenham just haven't done that this year, and you just question is 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 the trajectory is the direction that we're going with these managerial appointments the, the right way to do it um i'm not too sure but i'm sure we get into much more detail in that as the show goes on may i just want to ask the lads um do you think again i'm, I'm going to come to them down the road do you think because of how well they're doing it's heightening everything that will happen to us all right i'm gutted we're out of cups all right forget that let's put that to the side any other season we're full third maybe could challenge eventually, but we won't. But we're full third, third full. But because they're doing so well and where they are, it's heightening everything. Do, does that, do, do you see where I'm going with that, boys? It, it just feels like we're winning and, you know, we score four, four nil and they'll go and win five nil. We, you know, we score six, they score seven. Do you know what I mean? It's sort of like 11 a reef in us. Do you know what I'm saying? They've been to 10 a reef, we've been to 11 a reef. And it just feels like... <laughs> Everything that's happening, I just I said to him, we started talking, I can't enjoy it because of what's going on across the road. It's it's doing my head. You know what, no, it, Costa? Sorry, I was just gonna go say, do you know for, for, for me, bro? Um yes, okay, of course, that's that, that that's that's a, that, that's something that is hanging over our heads, but I d I don't think it's that. I, I think it's a combination of things. I think that when you look at the Gooners, you can see that their project is coming to fruition, and we had that same project. Yeah. And we, we, we should have been far along the 100%. road on, on this project. We had that. We had the best young players. Do you know what I mean? And we was, we was creating this atmosphere and the energy and the way that we was playing, the high press. You know, when we was unbeaten at home at YR Lane, the last season at YR Lane and stuff like that, we was building these things. Do you know, you know what I mean? And, and we, we, we was along that process. So when you look at them, I think that a lot of us feel that not only should that be us, but we that should be us on a different level. We should be further along that road. But all that's happened is since Pochettino has left and we've gone for win now managers, that whole system and that whole philosophy and everything that we was we, we put into has collapsed, has absolutely collapsed. And then it's also a combination of how we've been this season. 
you know, we we went into this season kind of going, okay, cool. We finished great last season. We've got um, a, a, a summer transfer window for Conte. They've gone and bought four or five early on the first day. Soon as soon as the windows open, when has that ever happened? Which which increased the kind of feeling that we were going to do something this season. We then had three games a season up until the World Cup. Wasn't playing great football, first half football or second half football. Then we've had a couple of losses. Do you know what I mean? Um, you know, uh, Enzo Conte's had a couple of losses, friends-wise, but all, also Ventrone as well, who passed, who was part of the club and part of the coaching setup. Then we've come back from World Cup and it's just all fell flat, bro. We've got a win-now manager. And when it came down to the crunch of winning right now, the FA yeah, Cup <clears throat> and, the, yeah. and, and the Champions <clears throat> League, not only did we not win, but we failed to even turn up. We failed to lay a glove on anybody, oh, no. and, oh, no. and and when and when you see that combined with everything else, I think that's where the crisis is coming from. It's not so much where we are in the league; it's more about the combination of that should have we should have been far along that road. We should have been way ahead of these the Gooners. In fact, we finished above them last year. Do you know what yeah. I mean? So why why have we gone backwards again? Why are we Titanic FC again? When yeah. we can see what they that, that those boys were on, you got to because, remember it was last year that they wanted Arteta out before he went on his. Oh no! But but you think about it, any other season, we'd be but we'd be sitting here buzzing if they yeah, were yeah. sixth, seventh, fifth uh, uh, below us. We'd be buzzing. I'd be sitting there going, "Yeah, man, we, we got this in the bag. Or we're doing well. All right, we've lost a couple of games. We're out of the cup, gutted, but we're doing well." It's just. Them lot, man. Them lot just seem to just grind yeah. out results, grind out results, and that's something that we had, as Ricky said, and now we haven't. We just, we just capitulate. Is that the right word? It just, um, yeah. No, it's just go on, Matt. You want to when, when, when it matters? Sorry, yeah. Matt. Go on. Yeah, I, I just think that that comparison, the Arteta project to the Potch project, is is such a poignant one because there there's so many similarities. You know, a, a young, unproven manager coming into a team that has been going through turmoil in the last few years, don't really have a squad. There's an identity that needs to be instilled. There's so much that needs to be fixed. It's been done. Things start looking good. We competed for a title. Obviously not as well as they're doing right now, but the, the difference is it, it got it got to a, a boiling point at Spurs. It did at Arsenal. Uh, say the summer just gone is probably Arsenal's one uh, the year after we nearly caught Chelsea would be or one. And the difference is Tottenham didn't spend a single penny. Arsenal were willing to spend whatever it took to keep them where they were. They brought in two multi-time Premier League winners in Gabriel Jesus and, uh, uh, and Zinchenko as well. They brought in some young players. They brought in Fabio Vieira, who was a, a brilliant signing. Even in this in the January window, they brought in Jorginho and they were willing to splash £100 million on Mikhailo Mudrik. You know, it's 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 chalk and cheese when you look at how Arsenal reacted to yeah. to their project going in a positive direction and, and how Spurs reacted. And I know Spurs probably wouldn't have had the money to spend two, three hundred million in that summer, but we needed to do something. And that for me is where a lot of my frustration is coming from because looking at what Arsenal are doing now, looking at how the football they're playing is so fantastic. They've got young players in their team that they absolutely adore. Mm. That was us. And now you're looking at them top of the table five points clear and you think that, that should have been us. You know, it's it, it's a really, really tough pill to swallow. It's it's mm. all it, that that's the thing, and I think you know we're going to come onto the manager's situation. Sorry, Rick, to, to to cut you there on that, but it's just one of them things where I think one of your comments, and he's and rightly so, we celebrate fourth like it's winning something. I say this year in year out. Yeah, Alex, um, we got we got to expect more now. We have got to get that over that line. You know, we don't want these players to retire from our club and go. Oh yeah, I got top four fifty, you know, ten years in a row, and I won a golden boot, you know, three years in a row. It's like 
thought, does that matter? I, I, I support this club for 42 years because of my parents and my family. And all my dad used to say, and still does, is, and we were a, we were a top cup side. I used to love that fact of going to Wembley. And and I think now, uh, again, I had a debate with, with another Spurs fan. He said, oh, Man United have won the Mickey Mouse Cup. Well, I'm sorry, but Ten Hag's been in the in, in the management management for six, seven months and he's already won a cup with them. You know, and, and it upsets me. It really, really does because I think to myself, we've we've been there so many times and certain players haven't turned up. I'm not I'm not dissing them, I'm just saying what I see. It's a fact. And I think sometimes that winning mentality just just isn't there with us. It just isn't there anymore. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hi everyone, Crackers here with your events update for 2023. Friday the 24th of February, Gary Mabber at the Rodgers Club in Chessington. Friday the 3rd of March, Harry Redknapp at Cambly Heath Golf Club. Go to echo61.co.uk for further details. Friday the 10th of March, Steve Sedgley, Tony Galvin, Phil Bill are at Dartford FC for South East Thames Spurs Supporters Club. Friday the 17th of March, Glenn Hoddle is at Bedwars Rugby Club. That's for South Wales Spurs. Emerald Spurs events on Facebook have on Friday the 24th of March, Michael Dawson at Row Park Resort Limavardi. And then on Saturday the 25th of March, Gary Mabber at the Bonington Hotel in Dublin. Worcester Spurs, the official supporters club there, Friday the 28th of April. Glenn Hoddle is at Worcestershire County Cricket Club. If you go to at Mr Cracknell across the socials, please take a look on there for posters of these events and further ticket details. Come on, you Spurs. Hey, guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing, and now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun, Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere, and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. 
Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Obviously, a massive part of this plays into where we are with the manager right now, which, to be fair, as we record at the moment, it's been a more quieter week on that front, mainly because of the nature of the Forest result and because it just seems at the moment that Spurs are holding their fire in regards to, well, holding holding their pen in regards to making a potential decision as to what is to come. I mean, Rick, if I can bring it round to you, um, he reminded us, or should I say told us on after the Forest game, that essentially that getting into the Champions League for Tottenham is like winning the title, which again, it's another comment that almost sends our blood boiling. And I'm sure he knows that when he does that, it's again, almost like talking down to the fans that, demanded and wanted so much more this season. Um, where, where do you stand right now on Conte, Rick? Because you were quite strong on the last show that you were on after Milan that you couldn't quite see a way we can move forward here. So has your feeling changed about Antonio Conte? Where do you stand on Antonio's future at the moment? I mean, look, if we look at it in context, <clears throat> before he turned up, we was in dire straits. We were Titanic FC and we were scraping along the bottom of the sea. Do you know what I mean? We was, we was. Uh, the, the club had finished. I, I, I didn't think we was going to achieve anything. We was in the Conference League. We, could, we, we couldn't buy a win in the Conference League. We were going out to Ferreira Roche and I, I don't know what. Do you know what I mean? I don't even know the teams that we was playing, right? So when he did come in, it, it was a galvanising thing. All right? We all believed, all right, cool. Like Costa told me, many, Costa sold me on Conte in the sense of, you know, he's a win-now manager, etc., etc. So he has picked us up. He has brought us back into the Champions League and he has put us back to where we are, okay? But I'm done doing favours. This demeaning talk, look, before when he, when he was very fiery in, in, in the press conferences after Burnley last season and a couple of other times where he was threatening his, his own future and he didn't want to sign a longer contract and all of that jazz, I was thinking to myself, he's playing poker with the ball to make sure that we get the play, or to make sure he gets the players that he wants, and that the board actually back their own chat. Yeah, when they say they're going to do something, half of the time they don't do it for the manager. So I thought that he was holding these cards close to his chest so that he could get what was needed for the side to progress and be a win now team. A lot of that, you know, some would some would argue that it has, you know, he he has had been backed in those two uh, transfer windows, January and the summer, and some would argue that we haven't. The one thing that we do know is that the performances haven't been there, and the way that he speaks about us is just so, it's it's demeaning, bro. It's like we're a tiny, tiny team. It's like we're Accrington Stanley off of the milk advert from Backer, Backer, Backer Day. Do you know what I mean? Like It's like, oh, I'm going to help Accrington Stanley achieve something and it's like nah bruv like we we totally get that where we was was in the dump and yes you 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 picked up the baton and you and you picked us back up for a little bit and got us on a level playing field but the way that he speaks about us bro and and the way that he speaks glowingly about chelsea or ac milan you know and things like that you know i just kind of go what are you doing the fact that he even said that line there that fourth is like winning the premier league for us to me, that's that 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 disgusts me. Do you know what I mean? That he's saying that, and the only reason to to go on to to what uh, Costa was just saying there, the only reason that the Champions League fourth place was celebrated is because the two previous seasons, 
we were nowhere. We were in Europa League and Conference League and, and we were playing not great football. You know, we'd had lockdown. We had a lot of things. So that was, that was to be celebrated because it was like, OK, cool, we're back up or we're back. Now we've got a platform to, to push again. And it just didn't happen. You know, with the performances that have come this season, you know, I, I haven't heard Antonio Conte once take responsibility for any of them. I said to you on the last one, he asked for time and patience, but where's the contract? Where, where can you give somebody time and patience mm. when they're, they're kicking, when they're leaving in the summer? And everybody, it's been, it's been speculated and it's been, you know, on the Twitter sphere <clears throat> since January that he's going, he's going, he's going, he's going, he's going. And it looks more, more every day, it looks more and more like he's doing that. I appreciate what he's done. I appreciate that if we finish in the top four this season, that it gives the next manager or, you know, next season a platform again to which to try and go again. It gives us an increased budget and the players that we were looking to attract will be attracted to playing at the Champions League. But not if we play like what we played no, like the other day. It, Do you know I what I mean? It. Like, it, not if we play like we played no, like the other day. Peter Crouch got it right. He said, what's it, the point of qualifying what's top the four point? if you're not going to go for it? Like, uh, and, uh, yeah, it's lovely. Sorry, brother. Go on, go. Sorry. No, 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 I'm with go. you. And, and and that's why I'm still kind of Conte out, bro, because it still feels like he's doing us a favour until the end of the season. Yeah, I'll stick around for the next 10, 12 games. You know what I mean? I'll get into the top four. I'll win you the league, uh, you know, in inverted brackets for those that are listening. And um, and then I'll be on my way. Good luck to you, mate. But, Good luck but, to okay. you. But okay, so, sorry, Matty, mate. I don't want to over talk you now. I, sorry, Rick. But it's something I want to get everyone's opinion again. So he leaves in. He leaves in the summer. New manager comes in. New manager. We've still got eight, nine. How many players we got out on loan, Matt? Ten, eleven players. It's a full. It's a full eleven it's, out on loan. I think it's eight right, senior okay. players and a few younger players. Yeah. Okay, so say eight, eight players out senior players on loan. They come back. They get another chance. Do they get another chance? Do they get sold? It's going to take. We've still got players that need to be sold that are in the squad now. So that's another eight, seven, eight, nine, ten players that needs to go. All right, we're not going to do it in one window, but then it's back to square one again. Then we get a nice manager bounce, go on a little run, great, fantastic. Then eighteen months' time, we're back on your show, Rick. Going, oh, we're out of the cup, we're out of the Champions League. We we got to the final of the League Cup, didn't win that. And blah 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 and blah blah, and it's just back to square one. I can't get excited, and it pains me feeling like this. Do you see what I'm saying? I just want this season done so they can reboot and restart again. But, but this think, is Matt? where this this is where professional boards and professional people in those positions. This is where they make their money. Okay, so if we look at Brighton, every you said manager that today, Rick. Sorry, go right. On. I said I said it on the phone, right? Yeah. So if you if you look at if you look at Brighton, every manager that they've gone for has been high-pressed, possession-based, exciting football, okay? Yeah. And they've kept that philosophy. Every time they've let a manager go, they've brought in somebody else that can either improve on that or, or keep that core value. And what we've done is we had five seasons, six seasons of Pochettino where he built a philosophy, he built a way of playing. He went and watched, you know, every level of Tottenham play from the under-10s upwards. Do you know what I mean? Like, he watched them all. And he tried to make sure that everyone was playing the same way, the same philosophy, so that they could, they could you know, progress through the ranks and get into the first team um, when it was time. 
And as soon as he left, we ripped that up. We went from Mourinho, who's a win now manager, who's got a totally different philosophy and a totally different way of coaching. And when I say coaching, like Darren Hart said on the last one, you know, is Antonio Conte a coach? Is he going to improve players like like down to the fine details and kind of help them to get up there? Or like Pochettino, we saw an immense amount of coaching for those younger players and those experienced players. You know, we saw the best of Dembele. We saw the best of Jan and Toby. We saw, you know, the, the, the best of uh, of Deli Ali as a youngster coming up and through. Do you know what I mean? We saw the best of uh, Sonny being up and through. You know, we, we there's many a, many a things that you can kind of pinpoint and kind of go, oh, okay. But we ripped that up. We went for Nuno, ripped it up even more. And then we've gone for Conte. And this back three system ultimately has ripped up the rest. So now it's about going for somebody who fits the profile and the philosophy and the way that you want to play. And therefore, you're not ripping up all of the script. You're just ripping up a couple of pages. Do you know what I mean? You're going, all right, cool. But I'm going to chuck my couple of pages in here and that's going to lift us. We're going to play in the same formation or the same philosophy, but I'm going to improve us. The same way Deserby has done for Brighton at the moment. It's interesting, Matt. Come over you if I can, Matt. I mean, you tell me what you feel the way forward is, Matt. Look, we've seen a lot of names linked with the Spurs job. We understand Luis Enrique will be open to holding talks with Tottenham. I mean, there's obviously been, again, there's, if you believe obviously what you read with Paratigi, who's now been heading the hunt for the manager, there's several Italian managers that are on the list, the likes of Spalletti, of course, Deserbi, who Ricky's just mentioned there. Doesn't seem that Pochettino would be on that list if we're led to believe that Paratigi is in control of the situation. Having said that, Paratigi has got his own case hanging over him at the moment. Matt, what do you see the future holding with regards to the potential next Spurs manager? I, I I don't know, but my biggest fear is that I, I don't think the club knows. And and th- that really does terrify me. I mean, if anyone in the football club thinks Luciano Spalletti is going to walk away from that Napoli team and take over this sinking ship, I think I, I, I need a bit of whatever they're having um, because it's, it's it's simply not going to happen. You know, Roberto de Zerbi, I think, would be a really exciting one. Um, Marcelo Gallardo, Marcelo Pochettino coming back, I, I would personally would love to see, but that's more... That's my heart ruling my head when I say that. But the, the the common factor in all the managers that I want to see and the common factor in the managers that that I think should be the next Tottenham manager is that they're, they're a project. You know, I, I think we're in a situation now where we need a hard reset and we need to get back to square one. We need to put the basics, the foundations and the, the core values back into our football team and start to move forward again. Because I say this every single time we have this conversation about Spurs that right now, the, the, the team, the 11 that's out there, the nine players that are on the bench, whatever it is, it's this horrendous mix and match and pick and mix of Pochettino players with Nuno Espirito Santo players, with uh, Jose players, with Antonio Conte players. There's so many different styles and there's so many different players in there that thrive on such different things that you're never going to really be able to get a consistent tune out of them. So, I mean, like th- there's very talented players in there. Of course, we have uh, we have an immensely talented squad when you look at Romero, Bentoncourt, Kulusevski, um, and and a few others, but what what terrifies me is that we've let an era of of Kane, Larice, and players that have come and gone like Toby, Jan, Eriksen. We've let that go without really getting the benefit of that. We're in, we have such a good opportunity with this new uh, bunch of players that's coming in that we can see being the future of Tottenham. I'd even add Oliver Skip in that list with how he's how he's progressing the last couple of months. We can't afford to let that go. And what we need to do, instead of promising Harry Kane every six months, yeah, we'll build a project around you. Yeah, you'll be the face of what we want to do next. Actually do it. And bring in a manager who is willing to commit that time and a manager who doesn't feel like he's doing us a favour 
in uh, in being our manager. And I'll be the first to say, when Conte first came in, I loved the way he called the board out in the press conferences. I loved the way he mm. was honest. I loved the way he didn't shy away from actually analysing a player's performance in a press conference. But things like that have it, it they have a shelf life. You know, if you're 18 months into your into your your time at the club and you're still doing the exact same things and it's still not working, you got to switch it up. You got to try something. You know, it, these fans aren't going to to stay on your side if you're saying that comment like uh, we're getting the top four is like winning the league. We've, we've been in the top four five of the last seven seasons. We're Tottenham Hotspur Football Club. The top four is where we belong. If you can't get us into that, you're probably not the right man for the job. So it's for, for me, we just need to go back to what has worked for us. You know, I, I, I personally don't think we're going to get a manager who is as good as Antonio Conte at winning trophies. I don't think we're going to get someone of his caliber anytime soon. But I, I'm not worried about that because we need someone who fits Tottenham. We need someone who fits what we as the fans want to see as well. Because if you, you know, I don't know how many people are watching, but the three of you there to everyone in the chat, everyone listening uh, on, on the podcast afterwards. Are, right now, are you proud of Tottenham? Are you proud to be a fan when you look at the football that we're playing, when you look at the, the toxicity within the fan base, you look at the what what seems to be a lack of cohesion within that squad. Are, are you are you genuinely proud of that? Are you more proud of it than you were under Pochettino? And yes, we didn't win any trophies, but you can be damn sure that every single one of us could not wait till three o'clock on a Saturday. We all loved watching the football team play. And if that's the roots and the basics that we have to go back to before we can propel ourselves to where we want to be and the successful club that we know we can be, then so be it. I, I just want to know where we're going. And I want to know that this club does have a future because I'm 22 years of age. I've got 50, 60 years left of this. If it's going to be the same, if it's going to be the same till I'm, till I'm gone, I, I don't know if I can do it. That's what I'm saying. A, lo- so a lot of honest stuff. Oh, no, a lot of honest <laughs> stuff. I mean, and, and just to bring you into this conversation, look, again, lots of talk in regards to potential, the next manager and who that should be. Look, we've tried, of course, this win now approach. I've said it numerous times on last one on Spurs that, it's very silly to go for a win-now approach if you're not going to give the win-now tools to the respective managers and not give them their key targets. We feared from Antonio during the last press conference or pre-presser beforehand that Dan Juma was a club signing. You may argue that Spurs already knew what his future was before signing Dan Juma and therefore didn't want to give him the exact players he wanted. I've stressed for me, I think Pedro Porro is a player that Spurs would have signed regardless of who the next manager is because he's a very talented player. He's adaptable, can play as a wing-back. I'm sure, again, he can adapt as per formations and Spurs. You know, I think any manager they look at probably will favour playing a back three. But, I mean, I don't know what you think, Ant, for you. Where would you be looking to go to next in terms of the brand and calibre of manager Spurs need? It's got to be It's got to be attacking football. It's got to be um, Poch-style type of football um, with a bit of difference as well to change things up. My only gripe with with Poch was, and you know, I did I did like his football, don't get me wrong, but he never changed things. His in-game management, a lot of our managers the last four or five years, the in-game management has not been great. Um, I don't, I don't know what the boys think about that, but you know, like like the North London derby at the Emirates this year, Conte just threw in the towel at 70 minutes, you know, and it was things like that. And I think your in-game management, change it up. Why play five at the back? We need to press. Go forward at the back. You, you, you go four two three one, or you go four three two one. Four two, four three two one, and and, and, that's, and that's that's where we we thrive. Do you know what I'm saying? Um, or four two three one as Potts used to do, but it's so so negative defensively. Everything it's like I know exactly the pictures I'm seeing I, when I'm watching the game. I know exactly what they're gonna do. And the other night in Milan, I was like, just pass it back or Shan, pass it back. 
pass it back. And every time, pass it back, pass it back, four star knocking it. And it was just, just boring, boring football. We haven't got the players to suit a Conte system. It's interesting, isn't it? I mean, Rick, come around to you. Look, there's so many names that have been mentioned. I mean, we've had a list of seven or eight different names. That's what worries me. I mean, I'm sure I would hope the hierarchy when they are deciding, maybe I'm being too blasted by saying this, or hopeful that the, the manager they're looking for, they have similar attributes to the ones they're going to be interviewing. They're not all different types. I'd like to hope that it's that at least. I mean, where would you be looking for next, Rick, in terms of the next manager, in terms of direction for you? What is important to you? And what would you hope the club would go for given the amount of noise around the fan base and what the fan base would like. If you listen to the terraces, it sounds Maurizio is a man that a lot of Spurs fans would want. I'm not saying it would be everybody's name because that would be unfair to do so. And Anne said, you know, I don't think you can also forget the last 18 months of Maurizio, last 12 months that Spurs did not win an away game. Yes, they got to the Champions League. But, you know, there were, my problem with Maurizio coming back is, and again, I, I, I actually championed the Maurizio appointment because... I think that man would reunite definitely a fragmented fan base, one that was actually fragmented when fragmented when he actually first joined. But my concern is that Maurizio will forget maybe the problems that he had the first time around and they'll quickly come back to light in the next 18, 24 months after rejoining. So I don't know where you stand, Rick, on what the plan is for the future. And if they were to go back to Poch, surely there's going to have to be certain guarantees that are made for those things to not happen again second time around. Yeah, I mean, OK, so with... The manager list that has been put out there already. My fear is, is, is the same old, same old. Are they a, an 18-month, two-year manager? Are they just going to come to us for a stepping stone? Are they just going to come to us for a payday? Because if you look at it, what's been going on for the last 15, 20 years or whatever, is that it's been put out there that Spurs is a really tough job. It's attractive, but you're not going to get what you want and you're not going to really push on. OK, and so are people going to use our club as a stepping stone or come to us to do us another favour? So when I look at Pochettino, I know you talk about the last 12 to 18 months, OK? But you tend to forget the first 12 months or the first 24 months. The first 12 months, what did he do? He came in and he, he cleared the decks. He got rid of Adebayor, Soldado. He got rid of a ton of players that were not up to... to, to to scratch. Even when it comes down to Bentaleb, it was Bentaleb and Mason in the midfield, all right, and they were running things in his first season. And Bentaleb came with some attitude, and he sold him, and we put in Delhi there. Do you understand what I'm saying? So there was there was those things. He he overachieved so quickly, and he got us going so quickly that we sometimes forget how good and how much he done for us as a club side. We were fearless against every single side we went up against. I don't care who we went up against whether it was Real Madrid or whether it was Juventus. And I hate to say, it, even if it was Bayern Munich, right? But I don't care who we went up against. We went up against Dortmund how many times? And Dortmund were considered the, the, the crown jewels of, of youth players from U Europe going there to achieve something. And we, we took them on every season in the Champions League. He made us the regular Champions League. He did give us pride. He did shut down so many hoodoos that we had. We didn't win here. We didn't win there. And he would shut it down. And he cares and loves us. He's the one that if he was to come back, he would, I, I, I kind of said this to Costa earlier on the phone, but I said, he still, wears, he still wears the tracksuit. He still wears the T-shirt. Do you know what I mean? I, I guarantee you that he's still watching us. And I guarantee you that he's probably figured out a system that, that would help us out, that would work for, for what Tottenham want to achieve. Also, you've got to look at the hindsight of things. He's, he's, he's 
been away, he's been at PSG, he got slagged off of being at PSG, but we all know from a personal point of view what type of player Pochettino likes. He likes a young player that he can put his influence on, that he can go run through brick walls for me. But you can't say that to Neymar or Messi because they look at you and go, bruh, do you know who I am? Do you know how much I've got in the bank? I'm just going to jump on this plane and go back to Brazil and do, do what I need to do. Do you know what I mean? And I'll see you in, uh, I'll see you in April or May. Do you know, you know, so you've got attitude problems, you've got money problems, you've got ego problems, you've got eccentricity problems that he had to deal with there. If he comes back to Tottenham, I think a bit like Eddie Howe, when he had his break, right, from when he got, when he finished at uh, uh, Bournemouth and to before he went to Newcastle, he went on a couple of, uh, not coaching courses, but when you go to other clubs and you chat to other managers yeah. and you chat refresh about it, just refresh it, just refreshing himself. Yeah. The, re- the, the refresher of things. I, I, I fully believe that Pochettino has done that. I fully believe that Pochettino would be the one that went through the hard times like he did the first round uh, to get to the good times. My fear is like what you said there, Rick, is that he comes back and spoils his legacy, like tramples on his legacy. You've got to remember that the reason that he lost it towards the end of the, our time is because for all he done, he still didn't get back. For all the credit he put up in the in the bank, he still couldn't get nothing out from the cash machine. And he's like, what? So I'm, I'm just going to be a head coach then. I'm not a manager. I'm a head coach. Call me, change my title. Do you remember all those press conferences? It's because he got so angry and frustrated with the with mm. how he was being treated after he achieved so much. So of course yep. it's going to go sour. So a lot mm. of people, if he comes back, he, a lot of people have got to eat humble pie and have got to admit their wrongs. And I'm include, including the board in this. They've got to admit their wrongs. Yep. And then yep. you've got to put your trust in somebody who loves us and breathes and eats and sleeps and breathes what Tottenham is. I've never seen a, a manager cry for us. I've never seen a manager that passionate when he's like this. Do you remember him walking into the into the dressing room when he's like, ah, and he's like grabbing his, you know, and he's like, yeah, that was a big win. Like th- the note that he left. Tell me another manager that's left a note. Tell no. me another manager. As soon as they're gone, they're like, see you later, bye. Is that my, is that my crab? Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like they're off. Yeah, they're no, gone. it's true. So Rick, there's, Rick. There's, there's a difference with feeling, mm. bro, and there's a difference with fit. There's some players that won't fit our system and there's some managers that won't fit our club. But Pochettino is a man that does and he loves us inside backwards. My, Rick, my fear is, though, Norwood, I think my fear is, is that I said before, these pla- he did he did have a, a... The transfer window of 2019 was a terrible, terrible transfer window, right? He wanted in Dombele. He can't even really get into the Napoli side now on loan. Lo Celso, I don't know what he's doing over in Spain. Maybe Matty will enlighten me on that. But I think these players, if he does come back, they will get another chance. Now, do they come back and get another chance with fire in their belly? Or will they come back going, I can't be asked. I'm going to look for a move. Then we're back to square one again, Rick. Something because you've still got players there. They're letting mm. down the first time around. Eric Dyer but- couldn't get in the team. And but he knows that. Yeah, but cost. He knows that. He knows that Dyer couldn't get in the team. He knows that. He he knows what type of cap. You know, he Dyer's a, a bit of a leader. Not that he's a captain, but he is a bit of a leader. And that's why so many so many managers have been you know in, in favour of Dyer. But I'm Poch not... wasn't. But Poch wasn't. And he what? And he and he started dropping Dyer. And he started dropping Davies. And he started dropping a couple of others. And he will make the hardest decisions. 
I don't think there's certain players that he didn't get to work with, Lacelso and Endombele. But at the same time, I think that he's seen it. He's been watching us this whole time. And mm. they might not be the right fit and have the right fight for the job. So I see him making those hard decisions. But go you on. Know, you know, I no, was good on. Yeah, go on. on. And, go, on no, go for it. And you reply when no, bring no. Matt in. Go for it. No. I'm not disagreeing with you. I'm just throwing. I'm just throwing points out there because I think yeah. if Poch, if Poch did come back, I know for a fact we'll all be on your show, Rick, going, "Oh yeah, but he still had Indobelle." So I'm just, I'm just getting it out there nice. now, so, yeah, the, yeah. so the viewers well, I, I, and I listeners think that, can say their yeah. piece as well because it's just it's facts. If he yeah, does no, come I, back, there's yeah. still players there that let him down. I mean, look, I say to come over you there, Matt, and reference it, reference it there. We've got eight or nine players that are still currently in this squad. We've got a number of players that are out on loan of players that Pochettino, we understood, signed off for and wanted. Um, question here from Paddy says, do you think who do you think whoever walks in when Conte will goes gets backed? Personally, I don't think so. The top leader shot winning mentality have not for a while. I think that's the key thing, isn't it, Matt? You know, whoever comes in. They've surely got to be seeking massive reservations after seeing what's happened with Jose Mourinho and Antonio Conte, where it's become public with both of them. They haven't had their ident their, their key number one targets come in. In the likes of Jose, he wanted Scriniar. He got Joe Roden. In the likes of Antonio Conte, he wanted Bastoni. Um, look, we know Bastoni didn't want to come to Tottenham. So maybe that is a poor comparison, but he got Longley. I would love to know how high up on the list Clement Longley was as an option, if that's one that Conte ideally would have wanted. What does seem clear is that Jed Spence and Dan Juma weren't Conte signings. He's gone publicly and said that about both of them. And in terms of Spence, didn't see any more than minutes off the bench in terms of substitutions. And Dan Juma, so far during his time at Tottenham, is yet to actually get a start under Antonio Conte, uh, apart from, you'd say, the FA Cup game against Preston, if you do want to count that, of course. So, Matt, tell me what you think holes for the next manager and who you think the club might lean towards given the conversations that we've had here? I, I think the next manager will find it very, very difficult to get money out of Daniel Levy because as much as as much as Levy hasn't given managers their, their top targets, he's still spent a lot more money in the last three or four years than than he had in probably the, his entire tenure before that combined. You know, two hundred million under Conte, um probably close to that under 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 Jose Mourinho that last summer with Pochettino as well. Um, but the, the issue is that money, like like we said, has been has been spent poorly. And does would Daniel Levy have the trust in the next manager, whether it's with a director of football, whether that director of football is Prattigy or not? Would he have the trust that that money will be will be well spent? Because you know, I'm sure there's nothing worse for a man like Levy who doesn't like spending money when he does eventually do it that that it doesn't go well. Um, so I, I would fear for the next manager who who does come in. So maybe then you lean towards a manager who, who doesn't have to spend big. And look, who we come back to Mauricio Pochettino, who in his first time at the club managed to build such an incredible squad and a, an incredible team based off the players that he got rid of and just, just recycling that money. Um, I know there's obviously different people in the scouting department who managed to find the incredible boys, you know, Ericsson, uh, Alderweireld, Vertonghen, uh, Lloris for, for very low fees. But the value of our squad now was a lot more than the value when when Pochettino first took over. And if you're going to sell the players that are out on loan, if you're selling Ndombele, uh, La Celso, Winks, uh, Brian Hill, and the others who I actually forget, to be honest, Joe Roden, Regalon as well, there, there's probably the bones of £100 million there. You know, which for a manager like Pochettino could be three or four first-team players. And like, like I said there about Eric Dyer, there are a lot of players in this team that we need to get rid of. Eric Dyer probably the top of the list uh, for, for many, but even players that haven't brought in in the last three or four years that do need to be shipped on so we can allow some some fresh blood in. Of all the managers that we've had, 
there's only one manager who has expressed any bit of um, of desire to to make those changes. And it's Pochettino when he spoke about the painful rebuild. You know, Jose Mourinho spoke about all oh, these players don't have winning mentality. That was fine for him. He didn't go any further. Conte says what Conte says. But Pochettino is the only one who actually expressed a desire and vocalised the need that we do need to change. We do need a painful rebuild. And I'm sure there are managers that, that, that could come in that will also be willing to do that. It may even, may even be easier for them because they won't have the emotional connection to some of these players like Pochettino would. But we we like I said earlier, we just really do need someone who's willing to come in, take everything down and start building it from scratch because the way that we're going now just isn't working. And if you keep bringing another manager and keep adding four or five players, every new player that comes in, their mentality is going to get poisoned by the toxicity and the acceptance for mediocrity that is already there. You know, that, that whole idea from Conte that winning the Champions League is, or, uh, but God, imagine winning the Champions League, like getting into the top four is like winning the Premier League. That feeds down. The players yeah, now might think, oh, well, if we get top yeah. four, if we finish above Liverpool, who can't win a game, unless it's against a big team, and can't win a game to save their lives, they think that's success. It's certainly not success. I, I'll be the first to admit, in recent years, I've said I'd rather uh, a Champions League over, I'd rather top four over an FA Cup. The reason that I would say that is because the Champions League, with the money that comes from that and with the, you know, th- just being in Europe's elite competition, it gives you the chance to build. It gives you the chance to to become better, to get better players, to, you know, the, the club becomes more global. It Only if you if you make that happen. For Tottenham, we haven't. We've got in the Champions League time and time again and we've done nothing about it. Exactly. exactly. We've got knocked out in the round of 16. It's been, oh, there we go. Got to the knockout stages. Exactly. Fine. Let's do it all again next year. I'm sick of it, to be honest. Yeah. And I don't think there's anything that could happen at this club in the next two or three years to make us win the Champions League. So forget about it. Just go win an FA Cup. You know, that right. first trophy. Go ahead. No, mate. Go on, mate. Just spot That's, on. Go on. That, that, that first trophy, what that would do for the squad, what that would do for the mentality and the hunger of those players. But more importantly than ever, not the belief of the players, not the belief of the, the manager, but the belief of the fans yeah, that we can actually do that. Imagine how that would feed down in the stadium that we had, a stadium that is specifically built to build an atmosphere and to make Tottenham an intimidating football club. Imagine yep. what that could actually be if the players and the, the, the fans were on the same page. It's it's a simple thing to start off this domino effect that could bring Tottenham to places that we might not even dream would happen. It's going to be difficult, and I've said this all along, while Klopp and Guardiola are at, at Liverpool and City respectively, we're not getting anywhere near that level. I'm fine with that because they're the best that this country has ever seen. But that first trophy is going to kickstart something or should kickstart something much better than uh, the, than the path we're on at the moment. Yep. Yeah, a lot of, I'm reading a lot of comments. Sorry, Matty, it's very interesting when you said that because I remember you being so pro Champions League, and that's great. You know, you've got your opinion and you're entitled to it. But as I, as I, as Peter Kratz said, and I, and I alluded to, and there's a couple of comments. Everyone's entitled to their opinion. Yeah, Champions League. Oh yeah, what we hear the music and it's all Wednesday night. It's, it's, it doesn't mean anything now because we don't fucking do anything. We don't go far. We don't turn up when we need to. And it's just like, what is the point? That's why go. we have to go all out for this trophy now. I am desperate for our club captain to lift the trophy. Yeah, I, you know, I don't know how old you was, Matt, last time we won a trophy, but I will always say this. Wembley in 2008 was one of the best days as a Tottenham fan. I don't yeah. care if it's a Mickey Mouse Cup. It is a trophy. And that, yep. for me, was the best day as a Tottenham fan, it's the day um, out as well, though, man, isn't it? It's the, it's the build up to the day. It's not just it's actually the, the winning up, of the trophy; man. it's the build up it's to it. Up. Yeah, it's everything. 
Yeah. Also, and also, I'm... Ricks. Also, guys, you know, uh, just on the back of what Matty Hayes was saying there, how can you back a manager if they're only going to be there eighteen months to two years? How can you how can you spend eighty to a hundred million on one player and and give that investment when they're only going to be there for that amount of time? It it actually lends itself more to going for somebody like Poch who would be there for four or five years to give him those those eighty to hundred million pound players because you're not only investing in him. You're investing in the philosophy and the fact that this is going to be a long-term project. So this is the same reason why Conte got Dan Juma. It's because come January, there's no contract talks no more. There's there's nothing about extending. The trigger for him to have another 12 months extended, that's gone out the window as well. So why would you spend, apart from Poro, as Costa said there, I think uh, which either which way we, we were going to go for him because he's a class player, right? Um, but apart from that, this is why you get somebody like Dan Juma because, to, to everybody's knowledge, you're only going to be here until the summer, bruv. So why would I give you a hundred play, hundred million pound player in January, like Mudrick or whatever, when you're going in the summertime? Summer, summer, that's summer what I'm time. saying. So, and, but do you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, and then Potch comes in, he goes, I don't fancy him, I don't fancy him, and then we're sitting on your show going, Well, he spent 80 90 million on them players, and he's not even playing them. Step into the world of power loyalty and luck i'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse with family cannolis and spins mean everything now you want to get mixed up in the family business introducing the godfather at chabacasino.com test your luck in the shadowy world of the godfather slot someday i will call upon you to do a service for me play the godfather now at chabacasino.com welcome to the family no purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Christy driven. Pick that one out. Comes the line. Davis. Ben Davis has scored. Ben, 300 games for Spurs. How does it feel? It's something that no one will ever be able to take away from me. It's that feeling of pride that I've given a lot to this club and I feel that I want to keep doing it and I've enjoyed every moment of it. Davis tempted into the shots, super goal from Ben Davis. To come and sign for Spurs was basically an opportunity that I couldn't turn down and I was still a young kid, I'd never really been outside um, South Wales where I grew up. It's one of those opportunities you take and you hope for the best but it's not easy to, to stay at a club like this for a long time and this club means a lot to me, it's been my home for the last eight and a half years. Your first game is always very special, it was an away game for me in Europe. Uh, it was a hot, hot summer's day in Cyprus I think and it was, it was intense but it was, it was amazing to wear, to wear that Spurs badge for the first time. It was a cup game at White Hart Lane, Aston Villa, I think it was a 2-0 win and finished, it was a good header. I think I'd even managed to score an own goal before then. So uh, when the first one came, it was uh, it was a really nice feeling. I love playing at White Hart Lane. Always the games there were special. I think when we beat Man U and Arsenal the last couple of games of the season, playing the last game at White Hart Lane was also incredibly special. And then we had a couple of great games at Wembley as well, a couple in Champions League, beat Real Madrid. That was a special season we had there. And then obviously the games we've had at the new stadium. Yeah, fans have been incredible to have the number of fans that follow this club uh, makes it very special and, and the ones that stick with me is uh, are the ones that come away it seems to be everywhere we go we have huge following 
and it's so passionate. They're always behind the team, and it's uh, it's just a pleasure to play in front of. Romero, Dyer recycles it to Son. It's another good ball. It's perfect. It's absolutely perfect for the surprise goal scorer, Ben Davis. I think I can, you know, bring that reliability to to a manager that knows that, you know, whichever position they put me in, I think I'll be able to understand that role and play it as as a manager wants. Yeah, I got sent the list of names of players who'd made over 300 appearances and to be honest, to even be mentioned anywhere near that, those names with some of the players that are on there, it's just quite incredible really, it's something I never dreamed of and something I'm incredibly proud of. You know, to have boys like Hugo and Harry and I think we've got Eric and Sonny on there too that are still with us now, it's, it really is something that makes me very proud. Phoenix 51 is a powerful employee technology enabling organizations to make data-driven decisions at every stage of the employee journey from hiring through benchmarking and development too. The platform provides detailed analytics on the most important asset in your business, your people, enabling organizations not only to make the correct hiring decisions, but also how to benchmark, train and retain them. Phoenix 51 powering your people decisions through every part of the employee journey. One target of a new manager that comes in or maybe a player that may have a big Senex manager we understand that's been reported is Harry Kane. It's a Kane situation. I mean, let's say we've heard reports this week that his situation may not be resolved until the January window at the earliest with Tottenham prepared to not sell Kane this summer, regardless of where they finish in the Premier League and, yeah, ultimately, how that season pans to an end. So, Matt, just to get your thoughts on that with Harry Kane. I mean, look, he's been a vital player to the side. I think when you try and put into context what it would have cost Tottenham to try and find a striker that has scored the amount of goals that he's done since breaking through, I mean, it would have cost you probably about 150, 200 million, even more, to try and find a striker to have scored what he's done. So, I think, to be fair, the Enoch... Hierarch, Enoch have been very lucky to have Kane during their period of owning the club, in which they have. How do you see Kane's future panning out, Matt, before we look ahead to Saints to come at the weekend? I, I'd be very surprised if Kane sees his future at Spurs, um, to be honest. He, he's a man who's been been sold so many dreams that have turned so quickly into, into nightmares. You know, how many times have, has Kane been told we'll build a team around you. You're the face of our project. You're going to be the centre of what we're building. And then all of a sudden, he finds himself out in a Europa Conference League pitch with Lucas Moura on one side and Christian Romero on walkabouts on the other side. You know, it's he, he, he's a player who... I know a lot of fans have frustrations with him in in when he doesn't show up in the big games and when he hasn't showed up in, in the couple of finals that he's played. And that's perfectly fair. You know, in games like that, you need... You need your big players to show up. You need your big striker to get on the score sheet. But how many of those finals would we have reached if he wasn't there in the round of 16 and the quarterfinal and the semifinal? How many, you know, what Champions League final would we have reached if, if he wasn't there in the group stage to, to get us through it? You know, he, he's, he is the best footballer that, that I've ever seen playing. And to, to answer your question, I was seven when we last won a trophy. So I haven't seen as many footballers play as, as you guys have, but um, he is he's absolutely outstanding. And it, it does become a question of how important Alan Shearer's record is to him. And I had this debate with with, uh, with a few people at work um, a few weeks ago. I said, if you're Harry Kane, would you rather 
break Alan Shearer's record or go to Bayern Munich and win three Bundesligas. And they all laughed and said, well, obviously three Bundesligas. And I haven't spoken to them since because they're wrong. You know, for an English striker <laughs> like Harry Kane, who grew up absolutely idolising Alan Shearer, you know, watching him, learning from him, you know, so many areas of his, of his game are similar. That record is going to mean a lot to Harry Kane. It's going to mean a lot. But it's also going to be horrendous for him if he finishes his career without a trophy. Personally, if Harry Kane is going to leave Tottenham this summer, the only place I can see him going is Manchester United. Um, so I'm kind of hoping that the the, the the board at United kind of push Victor Azimhen to Eric Ten Hag a little bit more as kind of more of a future-proof option than, than Harry Kane, who's by no means old. But if you're spending £100 million on a 30-year-old player, you, that could be spent better elsewhere. I, I think Kane is going to push for a move. And the, 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 the deciding factor for Daniel Levy this summer will be do you sell him now for 80, 90 or 100 million or do you run the risk of letting him go for free next summer? And as much as we're hearing that Tottenham don't want to sell him, as much as we're hearing that we're going to convince him that, oh, no, Kane, you're the you're the centre of this lovely new billboard that we're going to put up. Um, I, I I think if it comes to it, if Kane says definitively that he's not signed, signing a new contract, I struggle to see Daniel Levy turning down uh, a big bid. It's interesting, Rick, to bring you in with Kane. Look, I mean, from our understanding, United... From a reports here, they don't want to be embroiled in almost a transfer saga with Tottenham in the summer. They've obviously dealt with Daniel Levy before. You go back the likes of Michael Carrick, Dimitar Berbatov, you know, Teddy Sherry to some degree. You know, there's there's names there. Maybe Teddy going a bit too far there. But there's been names in the past where United have had to go a whole summer, you know, trying to get a deal done with Daniel Levy. And I think Eric Ten Hag wants to be in a position where he can have his squad available to him, that new striker ready from pre-season which arguably you think with Daniel Levy, he'll drive the price as high as he possibly could come the end of that window. But from what we understand, Spurs are insistent this summer, they will not be selling Harry Kane. So where do you stand on it, Rickson? Do you get the feeling that maybe as Matt says there, he feels that Kane probably doesn't want to stay at Tottenham? I've got the feeling that he loves Tottenham, adores Tottenham, but just mm-hmm. wants to know the plan, Ricks. What do you think? I, I agree with you. I absolutely agree with you. I, I, you know, he's a Tottenham boy, born and bred. The one thing that he, he, he wants to do is lift the trophy for Tottenham. And when we talk about 80 to 100 million, you know, um, and, and, and possibly going to a free, you've got 80 to 100 million on one hand and possibly going on a free. I mean, could we not earn that just by being in the Champions League? If that makes any sense. Do you know what I mean? We could almost balance that up by keeping him and letting him go on a free if he wants to. If if a bit like the Dembele situation, I know we got rid of him in the January, but um, if we would have kept him, we might have won that Champions League that year. Do you know what I mean? So is it not, and I don't know this, I'm just asking the question, but is it not almost the same comparison to be like, all right, we can take this eight to 100 million in the summer, come the summertime. But if we kept him for that particular season and we got through... We got out of the group stages. I'm just going to say, I'm smiling, listeners. So um, we got out of the group stages and we went on a bit of a run in the Champions League um, under under a forward, you know, a, a, a proper football man and a, and a forward-thinking uh, plan and a manager that, that, that plays some exciting football. Maybe we could reach a, a further round and, and get the prize money just for being in the round. And that would balance the books because I would prefer to have Kane in my squad than not to. Do you know what I mean? Um, he's always he's had speculation since he's been a one-season wonder every single year. Man United have been top of that list every single year, so I have no doubt that they'll be on the same list this this year, and I have no doubt that they'll try 
this year, but he is a Tottenham boy. And while he's wearing a cockerel on his shirt, come on, you Spurs. Do you know what I mean? So I, I, I would not worry about it too much. Most of the most of the fans have accepted that if he wants to leave, then then of course. Do you know what I mean? Like we're not going to begrudge him leaving. I think there's a okay? different thing now, isn't there, Rick? From comparison to the Man City move at the time, I think now he's broken that record and he has stayed at Spurs. And you know we have. He has gone through now, again, another manager in which it does feel at certain points during his reign, although we feel he's spoken down to us, we've also personally let him down as well by not giving the players. I think there's now more of a wider acceptance that if Harry wanted to leave, I think the fans would be more understanding, Rick, than what they would have been before that Man City move, right? Yeah, absolutely. I, th- I think so, because like all of us know, we all know the, the, the Tottenham journey and what the Tottenham journey has been up, up until this point. And so does Harry Kane, because he's a Tottenham boy. His his whole family are Tottenham supporters. So do you not do you not think that they're saying the same thing around the dinner table on a Sunday? Do you know what I mean? Of course they are, you know. And of course they have the same feelings and the same frustrations that we haven't gone on and we haven't achieved what we needed to achieve and we haven't reached the heights that we should have reached with Harry Kane and uh, Sonny, uh, you know, at the top of his form and and the things that you know with Toby and Yan when we had those with Dembele, we we haven't reached these. The, these heights that we we really feel that we should have hit, but the boy is a Tottenham boy, and I truly do believe that the it would be bigger for him to win a trophy with Tottenham yeah. Hotspur and lift mm-hmm. that at Wembley than it would be Bayern Munich in those three Bundesligas or yeah. going to Real Madrid and, and winning you know what I mean La Liga or something or the Spanish Cup. Like I yeah. think it would mean more to him to go through this whole struggle, like all of us, to go through this <laughs> whole just... struggle. And then lift that trophy at the end of it, because not only would he be feeling the same thing as us, but we'd be euphoric because yeah. we would know that that not only him, but there's certain players in there that do deserve a trophy. And every single fan out there deserves to get this trophy monkey off of our backs as well. Yeah, I, I do think we just to come in and agree with you there. I do think before I come around to Ant that ultimately if he wins something at Tottenham, it means 10 times more than it ever would do at United at City. It's at his boyhood club, his family of Spurs. I think there's a massive part of that as well that, again, can't you know get away from that. He's a lot of family there at Spurs. I'm sure there's... Again, it's a tug at the heartstring to Harry. I think from a personal perspective, he most certainly does deserve to win. But... You know, ultimately, does he again give another further cut of years to Tottenham? I mean, how do you see it playing out with Harry before we get predictions for Southampton? I, just, I hope, I hope it does stay, obviously. Um, but I think he's got to start thinking of his career. Um, as we said when we started talking this evening, um, is he going to be happy with being a one club man and just finishing top four year in, year out? And break, obviously, breaking Jimmy, the, 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 the late great Jimmy Greaves' record, brilliant. But is that enough for him to to finish his career and go, I broke Jimmy Greaves' record, but that's about it. Personally, I, I think if he needs to go, he needs to go and we start and we start the rebuild. We've done it. You know, we've, we've done it when Sheringham left. I was devastated. Um, Berber left. I was even more devastated. So, listen, players come and go, but Tottenham will always be around. I don't want him to go by all means, but I've got to look at it through mm. different through different um, eyes. Now, I was just going to say, Cost, I'm just going to put it into an entertainment context, right? Would you, you, you know, you've been in blue for a long time, bruv. You guys have won a lot. You've been around the world. Mm -hmm. You've you've performed to sold out stadiums around the world, right? But if I could guarantee you six Grammys, but you've got to transfer to the Backstreet Boys and learn all their routines, 
or you could be up for one Grammy with Blue, where would you be? I'm going to say Grammy with Blue, of course I am, because they're my boys, and I've been in it for 25 years. I know I know no different. But, mm. but do you understand what I'm saying? From a heart point of view. Rick, from a heart point I, of view. I, I, I'm not disagreeing with you. I'm just seeing it from a bigger perspective of, will that be enough for Harry in 10, 15 years' time? When he's sitting down, you know, if his kids have kids and he's a granddad and he goes, oh, I, I got golden boot every year and I, and I got top four, but I didn't win anything. I'm just giving you different scenarios. Mm. With, no, I, I'm with I, you. I'm with this club. I love this club for 42 years. Uh, yep. so I've beat myself because of how, that's a great analogy, Rick. It really is. I, I, I've never yeah. thought of it like that. It's brilliant. It's it's, it's stunned me. But um, I'm, I'm, just, I'm just thinking... Is that enough, Fred? I, I, I hope it isn't because I want him to stay. <laughs> how I'm just interested to know, Matt, from you, how much of Kane say so do you think will be in the next manager? Or is that at this point, Matt, just ir- irrelevant given the nature of where Spurs find themselves in now? I just wonder how much the board will lean on Harry. You know, I'd hope they would lean on a number of players in terms of having an understanding of what they feel. The ones that are the core key players to the squad. I, I no disrespect. I'm not talking about the likes of the Eric Dyers, the Davinson Sanchez's, the, and no disrespect again, the Ben Davis, bless him, who's been you know, a lo- loyal servant. But I'm talking about the players that are hopefully going to be here for the future. The likes of the Pedro Porros, uh, the likes of course of the Christian Romero's in the side. You know what I mean? There's players here. Pat Matasar, you'd argue that's one for the big for the future as well. What do you think, Matt? Where will this overriding decision be made and how key will players be around that, the likes of Harry? I just want to say first, yeah, I got painful flashbacks to deadline day there hearing you say Pedro Parra's name the last time I was on here. <laughs> I'm in a bad place. Um, but yeah, I, I think the, the, the key players in that Spurs team, like the, the ones that you mentioned, the ones I said before, as the, the players who could potentially be the next Dembele, the next Ericsson, that, those sort of servants to the football club. I, I, I think it, they, they do need to be consulted, I suppose, on, on, on what the next step is, but I, I, I don't want them making a decision. You know, I don't want them having having that much power, but you know, you need to you need to know what what managers they can what like style they'll be happy to play with, what they can what they can I'm struggling to, to put into words what I'm trying to say, but the, the managers that would suit their style and the managers that you can see them flourishing under. Um and again I just think it is something like a something like a project manager. If, if Harry Kane is is included in that discussion, will he lean towards a project manager or will he lean towards, if he does want to win a trophy at Tottenham, again, 30 years of age, could he lean more towards a Thomas Tuchel, who for me is you know, doing the same thing over and over again. Tottenham are insane. It's He's the same appointment as Mourinho, same appointment as Conte. Um, but it is actually every third Chelsea manager Tottenham appoint, and Tuchel was third after Conte, so keep an eye out on that one. That's mad, um, isn't it? That's but yeah, it's... I, I, I'm, I'd worry about where Harry Kane might try to lead the club, but also he, like in his mind, he could be gone in the summer. You know, he, he could, he might, not that he wouldn't care, but he, it wouldn't have an influence on him. What, what manager comes into the club, and that, that's even more concerning. But it's just this, this uncertainty that has been around this club for four or five years now that is still there, and it just makes it so difficult to, to really. You know, have that hope and to really know where where things are going. And actually, I, I saw a tweet the other day. It was from um, Simon Yamane, and he was he was talking about one of Jack Pitbrook's articles, um, and he was pointing at like why there's this constant anxiety in, in the Tottenham fan base. And he said, if you take a traumatized fan base, which is Tottenham who've been through through so much in, in the last 20, 30 years, you put them in an emotionally unstable relationship with Conte, 
who we don't know how long are you going to be here? Do you want to be here? Do you actually like us? Are you just here for the money? And then you, uh, it's uh, the Conte facilitated by Levy, who traumatized Tottenham to begin with, and therefore is not trusted by Conte. What do you get? And it's con- constant toxic anxiety. Something mm. has to give. Something has to change. And it it's just got to be a manager that ties everything together and actually yeah. gives us a little bit of hope. Superb. What a way to take us into this final break of the show. Matt, thank you so much, guys. What we are going to do, we are going to go for that break. Taking that break, you're going to hear from Dan Hargreaves from the Saints View, who gives you a South Hampton perspective on how they are forming right now, how they're playing when we come back. We're going straight to predictions. Hi, everyone. It's Dan here from the Saints View. The guys have asked me to come on to give you all a little bit of insight on all things Saints ahead of our game at St. Mary's on Saturday. Now, the reverse fixture on the opening day of the season... That seems like a lifetime ago, doesn't it? We had Ralph Hasenhussel as our manager. Since then, we've had Nathan Jones and now Ruben Sellers. And you guys look brilliant on the day. Uh, and it obviously hasn't been the season I'm sure Spurs fans would have hoped for. It definitely hasn't been the season Saints fans uh, would have hoped for. Ten new signings we had in the summer and we're bottom of the table. However, the relegation fight is probably the tightest I think I've ever seen it in the Premier League. And it's going to be really, really interesting to see what happens between now and the end of the season. But recording this before our game against Brentford, which will have a massive impact on our season and probably how we set up against you guys on Saturday and how we perform. Um, But generally speaking, since Ruben Sellers has come in, our previous assistant, uh, who's been given the role full-time to the end of the season, he has been brilliant. He's been a breath of fresh air. Seems really likeable. The players like him. I think it's a positive that he's known these players since pre-season, obviously being the assistant under Ralph Hasenhutl and Nathan Jones. He's got a good football brain and we've kept three clean sheets in our last four matches. And prior to that, I think it was one clean sheet in over 20. So that tells you everything really. Um, defensively, we're so much better. We look so much more solid. Um, we've had some good results, particularly away from home, uh, beating Chelsea in his first game. And then getting a nil-nil draw uh, against Man United last week at Old Trafford. Also beating Leicester 1-0, even though we were quite lucky to win that. Um, generally speaking, the home form has been atrocious this season. We hadn't won at home um, prior to the game against Leicester since August. So this is you know a massive period for us with this Brentford game and then playing you guys a couple of days later at St Mary's. Um, in terms of a setup. It's, we've kind of resorted back to what we were like under Ralph Hasenhutl, to be honest, kind of going back to the basics of what most of this squad are used to with a 4 2 formation with emphasis on a high press. And it's worked. It's worked. It's looking good um, in the last couple of games. Uh, the main issue that we've had all season, really, is a lack of quality in the final third. We've really struggled to score goals. Um, so, again, I'm not <laughs> I'm not expecting too many goals in this one. Um, and like I said before, I think the Brentford game does have a massive impact. I think a lot of Saints fans have said if we can get four points from these two games, then we have a really good chance of uh, staying up in the league. So in terms of a prediction, I'm going to assume we've beaten Brentford and that will give us confidence to come away with a draw against you guys. Joined by the wonderful Anthony Costa, the brilliant Matty Hayes and the superb Ricky Norwood on this preview show ahead of Southampton to come. Matt, we're going to kick things off with you. Southampton rooted to the bottom of the Premier League. I shouldn't be saying this. I know Tottenham already. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) 17 defeats. Currently got an interim manager there in uh, Ruben Sellers. Oh, Ricky. Matt, tell what you think 
on the weekend. What we just don't know what Tottenham's <sighs> going to turn up, do we? What, what what do you foresee happening in that game? I mean, Southampton are fighting for their lives right now, desperate for points. Oh, you're, you're leading me down a dangerous, dangerous path here, Ricky. Um, oh, look, I'm I'm terrified. Like, of course I am. It's we we we, we go win lose win lose win lose, and we beat Nottingham Forest. So, is it that easy to just say we're we're going to lose the game? Um, like we were saying just before um, just before we came on air, if we beat Southampton, we're third for at least two weeks over the international break because United are in the FA Cup next week, and then it's the the week of, of internationals. It's a it's a truly baffling baffling scenario that, that that potentially faces us. But what we have learned from Spurs um, over the the last however many years, when we're presented with an opportunity to make things better, we don't. So that fills me with with a lot of fear. Like Phil says, we all know the script. Um, my my only the only saving grace for me that we have, and the only thing that's that's kind of filling a little bit of hope into my my vast vast room of fear is that one game a week when we got to that point last season, that's when things kicked off. That's when we started playing this incredible free flowing football. We were scoring three here, four here, and we weren't conceding goals. I, I don't think that's going to happen again, but. Once we have three or four days to prepare for each individual game, maybe something can start to happen. Um, but I'm never going to predict a defeat for Spurs. I'm never going to do that. Um, so I'll, I'll go for a 2-1 win, but I just want to emphasise that I don't trust that prediction. <laughs> Always having you on, Matty. Always do. Please go and make sure you check him out. The wonderful Matty Hayes on Twitter, of course. Um, King Honnold says, Meanwhile, if we beat Zavad that's six wins from our last eight, the cup exits have somewhat clouded our league form. He's right. Then we're top of the league form at the moment as a... Uh, King Harold puts there. And coming up with you, give me your thoughts on what you expect to happen. I know you don't like predictions, so maybe you don't give me a prediction on that. Give me a prediction on this. Alex Stiliano says, if we lose to Southampton, do we think that we part ways with Conte over that international break? Because, I mean, that's um, also a big, a big shot. question, isn't it, as well? What it's do you a think? great shot. And- I, I, I can't... I think if we would have lost to Forest, yes. I think... Um, I think it's too late in the day now. I think too much has, has gone on and I think he'll just stay... I think, t- till the end of the season. And you want to avoid the result, I'm sure you do, right? Well, everyone's saying what I'm thinking, so it doesn't really matter. Look at the comments. James Ward-Prowse, free kick, done. <laughs> Just don't <laughs> you know? do that over the six yards. Who hasn't scored? Is anyone... Who's their strikers? I'm trying to think. They've got up front. they got Paul Anuachu in from yeah, Belgium. Yeah. I'm not sure he scored not yet. Many <laughs> Interestingly... Paul Anuachu was the top scorer in the Belgian Pro League until the weekend, and the man who overtook him, Vincent Janssen. If that's not a moment, wow. if that's not yeah. a moment, wow. um, I think it'll be. I think it'll be two one the Spurs. Uh, I have to go for a win. I have to. I don't believe but, you. You know when you say that, I no, do not believe you. I don't James believe you. James Wall press free kick, but it will be. It will be done. I think Carl Walkers will win the free kick. Carl Walker Peters will win the free kick, just outside the area. Die will go in for a silly challenge. Free kick right outside the 18-yard box. James Ward press one nil down. Then we then <laughs> then we're then we're fighting. That's all oh I'm saying. Oh my god. That's all I'm saying. I'm not gonna push you anymore, man. Always pleasure having your last one spurs, mate. Love having you back. Always a pleasure. Oh, bless him. Always knows the games are picking for, don't we? Ricks, let's let's close with you, mate. It's a massive, massive game for Spurs. As Matt alluded to there, Spurs win it, they go third going into the international break, which given the nature of Spurs' season just seems absolutely mind-blowing how we've all lost our minds over these last few weeks and the nature of the cup exits. Um, Rick, how do you see it playing out up at St Mary's? 
Well, now that uh, Costa's told me who's scoring against us, which is always the thing that I need to know, <laughs> I need to start. I need to start putting that on my accumulators and my bets. Do you know what I mean and stuff like that? Oh my gosh! So now I know that. So I know that they're gonna score. Um, but I'm gonna go three-one Tottenham because again, like like Matty and a lot a lot of us, we can't predict. Um, we can't predict our, our team to lose. But what I will say is this. Pedro Porro will score a free kick that's going to be better than James Ward-Prowse's, all right? Oh, so that's wow. going to be the third goal, <laughs> no all right? That's going to be... Right, that yeah, it's going to happen, mate. It's going to happen. It's Don't not. do it to me, Cos. Don't do it to me. <laughs> someone said, someone said, but Southampton are 1-0 down already. Yeah, but they haven't played Spurs yet. <laughs> 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 It's it's impossible to know what kind of Spurs team's going to turn up, isn't it? You you just don't know. I mean, again, a lot is indicative of what that lineup looks like and how the Spurs go. I I would personally love to see a start for Dan Juma in there. I just think it'd be nice to see a player that's been given some invigoration. I think Padre Porro so far, he's been getting better game by game. Uh Many were quick to write him off after a first 45 to 90 minutes. I think we should have learned that lesson with Kulisewski. I know Kulis has been a bit out of form at the moment, but again, a player there that on his day is very, very talented. But look, we shall see how Spurs do get on. But look, always a great panel last one on Spurs. It's been brilliant tonight. And thank you so much, mate. Love to have you back on. Lovely to have you back. Lovely to be back on, people. And it's great to get um, some good banter with the with the listeners and viewers as well. Absolutely, mate. Love thank you, so you boys. Much. Love you, boys. Love to you, Much love. Matty, thank you so much as always. Just a quiet show to come back to, Matt, after a January window. Nutty field fest, right? Exactly. Yeah. Nice, quiet, calm, relaxed. Um, no, yeah. it's, it's, it's been too long there, Ricky. It was an absolute pleasure to be back on. Pleasure, Anthony, Ricky, uh, spending the last hour and 12 minutes with you guys. Uh, hopefully we'll do it again soon and hopefully our predictions come true. Absolutely. Absolutely. And Rick's to close with you, mate. Thank you so much for your time. Always having you on last word on Spurs. But I hope this time, Rick, because we were on me, me and you were both on the, to- on the point of, I don't know where we were going, Rick, on that last one we were together on. Yeah. I think we we're both ready to give up, right? Well, yeah, I mean, look, we've had a little kind of calm period before the storm again. So, look, Four days let's back of calmness. our boys. I know, right? What's that about? Uh, but let's, let, let's back our boys. Let's uh, sing up, shout up, and let's do what we always do as Tottenham fans. I, I would like to say thank you, Ricks, for bringing me back on. It's been great having a bit of banter with yourself and Costa. I haven't, I haven't been on with Costa in ages. But to everybody out there that loves their football analysis and loves their in-depth look into players and player profiles and stuff like that. You've got to check out Matty Hayes' his channel. I've been watching him for years. I hated the fact that he had like a year's hiatus. I'm so happy he came back and he won that award. The guy's fantastic. And I love the fact that he's fixed that bloody well picture behind him. It's taken him so damn long. <laughs> All right. But he's, Thank he's, you very much, Ricky. You do great work, Matty, bro. And it's been great to be on with you, bro. So if, as well as you guys uh, liking and subscribing this video, make sure you go and check out, ch- check out Matty and his videos and his analyses and uh, what he does on his channel there as well, because he's fantastic as well. So it's been Norwood. great to be on Thank with all of you, boys. Yes, Norwood, answer your phone next time, yeah? Cheers. <laughs> <laughs> Every time we lose, I try my Rick. Yeah, but goes... I know what's coming. <laughs> Can't do it. He can't do it. Bless him. All right, all right. Guys, we will be back with you very soon. From the wonderful Anthony Carter, from the brilliant Matty Hayes, from the superb Ricky Norwood, we've been the last one on Spurs. Guys, as always, please keep safe, keep well, and as always, come on you Spurs. Sports Social Podcast Network.
Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.